Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Radamek. Berto is your host. Thank you so kind for being a part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today. I was running kind of late, man. There is this piece that I saw on MSNBC where uh, Ayman Mohyeldin uh, actually interviewed the ambassador, one of the ambassadors of Israel with regards to what's happening in over there right now. As you know, settlers are going in there and taking the properties of Palestinians right now. In other words, just evicting them off of property that they've owned a long time ago. Some of them are using the pretense that, well, we owned this land back in the 40s or we owned these lands before the turn of the century and all of that sort of stuff. It's almost like uh, the native Indians going to New York City and saying, hey, we own that rock or going to Plymouth Rock and saying, this is really ours, you know? Uh, remember, you guys came in and took it. Now we are we decided that we are able to come take it back now, and that's what we're going to do. So uh, you know that's a kind of excuse. But here's here's the whole thing, and I'm going to get into the subject in a minute. But why I really love this is when you get a diversity of people in the media, meaning you get all points of view, you start to see that things are more complex than they are. It's not that. Israelis are all bad people, or Palestinians are all bad people, or Muslims are all bad people, or Christians are all bad people. There is a whole lot of complexity within issues, but sometimes we simply look at it from one point of view, and in doing so, we come to very bad conclusions, we come to wars, we come to these things, instead of saying, oh my God, this is what our forefathers have left us. In other words, we're all good, we're all civilized, and we all know these things, but look at what they've left us. Anyhow, before we get into the program, as usual, I salute my dear brothers and sisters that are here. The duck that quacks. Could they get 40 pieces of gold for New York City now? I don't know. The duck that quacks. Bridge MCP, leader of the PDR Posse. Welcome aboard. Uh, let's see. Radnin says, Egberto, this is a clip from the article. Can you put it up on the screen? I'll do that after I read the other stuff that you put in here. Hey, Michael, what is that stuff about a cat dancing, brother? Deb Denny. Hello. Anybody here? Yes, we're all here. Deb Denny, we're all here. Uh, let's see who else we got here. Michael Radnin. Paul Fleming from ATL is here. Today, he's actually here on time. It was never called Israel. I know it was actually called Palestine. A lot of people don't know that, but you know, we have, and not only that, we a lot of people don't know that Israel was a creation of the United States, Britain, and a few other Western uh, countries, and it, uh, in, in a lot of ways from their own prejudices, if you want to be technical about it. Anyhow, according to Bridge MCP, hi all, Governor Brian Kemp today signed an executive order suspending the gas tax in Georgia to help with higher gas prices as a result of the colonial cyber attack. We are working closely with Colonial and expect for them to recover by the end of the week. Let me show you how trastornado that is, how crazy that is. The gas companies are going to make a killing by overcharging us much more than it costs to produce gas over the next several years. Because as the economy comes out, watch the gas prices go through the roof. And we are going to have a supply issue for three or four days. And Georgia, in their infinite wisdom, is going to suspend the gas tax that is needed to repair highways, the highway taxes and all of that to fix roads that are lousy in Georgia. They are going to give the companies a break. By giving that break to consumers, 
they are actually doing what? Subsidizing the oil companies. Because whereas if the prices stay high, people are going to use less gas, which means less money for the, uh, for the gas company. While you keep the tax on, you still collect some money for your streets and your roads and your bridges. But they don't want you to think that that's not what the Georgia governor wants you to think. They don't want you to realize that they're subsidizing the oil companies. They don't want you to know that what they're doing is hurting themselves. And that's going to cost you more in the long run. Shame on the governor. Shame. Shame on the governor from trying to pull one like that. Biden administration approves major offshore wind project. First of many, I hope we need a lot of these. The Biden administration on Tuesday announced that it has approved construction of what is described as the first large-scale offshore wind project in the country, the Vineyard Wind Project, which will consist of 84 wind turbines, is expected to be able to produce enough energy to produce to 400,000 homes from 84. Those are some humongous turbines, man. To do 400,000 homes. Those are, the big, those are bigger than the ones we have here in Texas. The administration said the project will be located 12 nautical miles from both Martha's Vineyard and Nantucket. Yeah, they were complaining about seeing those wind things. 12 miles out, they can barely see them, so I guess they can't do too much complaining then. Second item from Senor Radden, 400-plus COVID survivors, academics and advocacy groups uh, pushed Boris Johnson to back vaccine patent waiver, which major countries will step up to the first to donate their excess vaccine doses and bring big pharma profit in under control. Well, at least... Biden so far is going to give away some of our, uh, I think it's the, um, the I don't remember, the, the one that, that we are not using. These pharmaceutical corporations keep showing their value profit above people, an idea antithetical to healthcare. Of course, capitalism doesn't have a heart. Capitalism doesn't have a soul. Capitalism doesn't have morality. Capitalism only knows one thing. Move forward in making a buck. Screw whatever comes fr up front. Whether you're good, bad, or ugly, screw whatever come up from global. Justice now says, right now there are factories sitting idle that could be producing billions of doses of vaccine, but intellectual property rules are restricting production to the supply chains just for just a few companies. Shame on them, but you know that's what happens. It's called capitalism. Eric Hayes posted this link to, on your live stream yesterday. I'm finding that I agree with him about something. China emissions greater than all developed countries combined. What the hell is China doing? They were going to invest hundreds of billions in renewables. China's emission of six heat-trapping gases include carbon dioxide, methane, and nitrous oxide. Rose 14.09 billion tons of CO2 uh, edging on the total, uh, let's say, on uh, the total organization of economic corporations and development numbers by 30 million. Uh, let me see what that chart says. I believe it, though. Uh, I'm pretty sure the chart is correct. Al Jazeera says, uh, let me put that on the screen for you. By Al Jazeera, China emissions greater than all developed nations combined. China spews out more greenhouse gases than all of the world's developed countries. That is true. And that's the line that's there. Okay. Before we completely annihilate China, and I'm not a China defender or a defender of anybody who's polluting the air, this is why we have to have negotiations. Because the Western world, America, England, France, Germany, and all these countries, they built their immense wealth on in the Industrial Revolution, which 
all most of the gas in the air can be attributed to our what we've done overseas, right? Most if, if if we want to if we want to be honest about it, most of the pollution thus far in the skies was put out there by Western countries. Okay? So while we would like China to do better, China uh, and all these other countries, we have to create some sort of a negotiated thing that we can't just say, hey, we built our wealth on throwing carbon in the sky and it was easier to build wealth at that time throwing carbon in the sky. Uh, how, do we, how do we mitigate that? Look, that's above my pay grade, okay? I don't exactly know the answers. All I know is for fairness sake, we have to really look at all these issues. Our wealth was built. And I know that the, the, the absolute answer is we don't have time to waste. Uh, we don't have time to waste. And some of the people that have to put out as well will be the Western countries. Okay. The duck that quacks, I think I answered that already. Let's see what else we got here. Michael, I'm usually in front of my computer, not today. You're not in front of your computer today. You're at your friend's house. That's okay. The duck that quack says, yep, driving my EV almost constantly now. I want to get one of those. I have to wait till I am able to get a few more dollars in the pocket before I can do that. Uh, Paul Fleming says, never thought about it that way. Screw this. is called reliable fossil fuel companies. All right, Dev Denny, and they'll blame the increase on Biden. They already have as their high taxes due to Trump's temporary cuts. It's amazing, isn't it? Okay, Jessica, great reality check on the tax break. All right, thank you very much. Uh, you're absolutely right, Jessica. Exactamente. Bridge MCP, yeah. Never thought about that tax good one there, Egberto. Thank you very much, my dear. Uh, let's see, nitrous oxide. Nitrous oxide, yum, nasty. I know we send our wastage. And that is true too, um, Jessica. We send plastics, micro uh, semiconductors, uh, heavy metals, all of that we send because China was taking it recently. They stopped taking it. Carl Foster says, wave technology is much better than useless, ugly, expensive, dangerous wind turbines. Wave technology is actually good. Uh, you know, but again, all of these like wave, wind, sun, they're all transient. So we have to always have what's called a back-in store for those technologies, which means when waves are not very heavy, we have to have a way to have consistent power. When the sun is not shining, we have to have consistent power. When the wind is not blowing, we have to have consistent power. Now, I don't know about if I completely ag agree with you about useless, ugly, and expensive. I am an engineer. I kind of like going to a wind form and watching it turn. It, it kind of does something for me. You know, uh, so, I mean, I, I, I don't think they're ugly. Some people believe they are. Some people believe coal-burning power plants are ugly as well. But, again, they take a lot less space because they're using stored energy, stored solar energy in the form of oil. So that's true. The duck that quack says the ice glaciers are melting faster uh, because of the suit failing on them from fires burning. Oh, my God. Before I get any further... It looks like we're going to be going into all-out Israeli-Palestinian war. Hamas fires 130 rockets towards Tel Aviv. It's a back and forth. I just saw a building, that the, a, a, a multi-story building, one that can hold probably 1,000 people or so. 
is really just drop a bomb at that, on that building and you saw the whole skies. Well, I think it was probably like eight, ten floors just collapse. War is sickening. War is crazy. War is stupid. On all sides. War is just stupid. And the problem about it is, is the people that get killed and maimed usually are the least that should be. And then those that are the executives and the politicians, later on they get together, break bread and drink wine as we kill our soldiers and our civilians. War is so ridiculous. War is so ridiculous. Okay, just caught an episode one of uh, Greta Thornburg Travels on PBS. Great show. Did not know she was autistic. Oh, yeah. She's a very smart woman, young lady, and autistic. Horrible stuff going on. It's Man, things are getting out of hand in, in the in Middle East, my friends. Wave technology is much better than... Okay, I got that already. The ice glaciers are melting faster because of the soot falling on them from fires burning. And also, as you expose more water, because it has a darker color, it absorbs more heat. It doesn't reflect as much heat as the ice does. So, you know. Okay, wave technology is not as reliable as wind. I don't, uh, you know, I'll leave that up to all of, uh, I haven't done any, done any research on that, so I don't have the answer either way. I imagine somebody's going to do the research. Bruce Pollard says, more likely nitric oxide, not funny. Yeah, nitric oxide is terrible. Uh, wind turbines are more efficient and effective than ever. Yes, I know that. Uh, but again, the, the thing was whether it is more, more efficient than, than, uh, than uh, waves. Now, waves are working with water, which has huge density relative to air, which means it, it, the mass for creating energy, can, it, with, so, with so much little cross-sectional area, you get that much more energy. In other words, the energy transfer between the wind to the electrical turbine is a lot, requires a lot more surface area than the energy transfer from waves to some to to the to the uh, to the energy producing handle, and that is because the density of water is so much greater than the density of air. So you need much less cross sectional area in water than you need in air. So uh, the person who said uh, talked about wave technology, that particular issue is actually correct. Paul Fleming, the war this war makes you lose faith in religion, especially in a place like this. I hear you, Paul. I hear you. We need to mitigate this. That, uh, that building was offices for Hamas leadership and organization. Hamas meets human needs like Black Panther surf, food kitchen, and stuff in the 60s. And, you know, I think they suffer the same problem, right? Everybody wanted to make the Black Panthers look like this scary black organization. And as soon as they started helping all communities, black, Latino, white, and the powers saw that people were starting to unite on a class basis. I didn't see the movie. Uh, I, I need to see the movie sometime. I don't remember the name of the movie. But as soon as they saw that happening, they had to kill the guy. They couldn't allow us to get together. Remember the phrase I always use. Whenever we unite Appalachia, the ghettos, and the barrios, we would have won the war. Because it's not a race thing. Because there's no race. There really isn't. It's all about power. Okay, continuing. You keep kicking the dog, it bites back. Then you call them terrorists. <laughs> I love that one. That's kind of cute. I kind of like that, Brige. Wish I could say something about Israel-Palestine. Cycles of reciprocal violence. Thousands of dead children. Notice what I'm saying, right? 
I don't like to get into the to the in, into the uh, Palestinian Israeli thing too often because it always goes back. You can always go back further when this other person says this was mine, and that is one of the reasons I personally don't believe in land ownership. Right? How the hell can you really own land? Right? I believe in the steward being the steward of the land. Right? But that's for another show. What can be done after four thousand years of religious discard? They've been stupid for 4,000 years out there. Oh, God. The duck that quacks. I own 11.047 of solar PV. All right. You go, man. Is that a... You mean 11... Are you telling you have 11 kV of, of solar? Is that what you have on your, on, your, on your roof? Wave technology has issues with long-term durability. I saw a couple of R&D experiments prove successful. Egberto, you can take a look at this. What is that? Uh, I'll take a look at it later, brother. Uh, let's see if Americans knew. Oh, okay. If Americans knew, I'll, I'll, I'll read that a little later. Okay. Uh, they lived for thousands of years. It became volatile after it became Israel. To me, the oppressed became the oppressor. And that is, that is what a whole lot of people say. Anyhow, folks, what is the show about today? Today we have a special show for you. Amen. Mohayeldin Diversity. News works. Jen Saki shines. I have two pieces from her. And Sarah Terrell fights for schools. I want to play that Sarah Terrell piece first. I'm playing the longer version on KPFT 90.1 as we speak right now. It is actually playing. But I want to give a synopsis of what, what, we, what we have out there because I want those of you that are in Houston, Texas, in the surrounding areas, Harris County, to please heed what she has to say. Listen and then we'll take it on the other side. Welcome to another edition of Politics and Right. Today we have Sarah Terrell. She's a Houston resident and concerned citizen forced into community activism. She's urging specific action to prevent Greg Abbott from controlling the $2 billion annual Houston ISD budget. Sarah, welcome to Politics and Right. Thank you for having me, Alberto. Sarah, please explain what we need to do now to prevent this from occurring. Right, so what's, what's at stake is an actual takeover of HISD. We've been threatened with a quote, board of managers for over a year now. Um, and HISD has been fighting that in court, which has actually delayed the takeover. So in order to counteract that so far successful litigation, we, there is now legislation moving through the Texas legislature <clears throat> to um, make that, uh, takeover happened faster. So what that means is that our elected board of trustees would be ousted and replaced by an appointed board of managers. It would be appointed by the Texas Education uh, Agency Commissioner, who is himself an appointee of the governor, Greg Abbott. So effectively, it is Greg Abbott taking over our elected school board, replacing it with his own people. And our uh, HISD is actually the way I like to look at it is 20% of our of our local government. It, it costs $2 billion a year to run HISD. The combined budgets of HISD, the city and the county together is 10 billion per year. HISD is 2 billion. So that means it's 20% of our local government. So we need for Houstonians uh, to kind of wake up and say, I really don't want to give Greg Abbott 20% of my local government. And of course, Greg Abbott is on a mission to um, take away local government representation from as many of these big blue cities as he possibly can. And this is one of the ways he's found to do it. So the bills in question are uh, Senate Bill 1365 
and House Bill 3731. Both of these pertain to this takeover issue and we'd like to see uh, people call both their state senator and their state representative and explain that they oppose these bills and they oppose a takeover of HISD by a board of managers. So, uh, and if you've, if you've called both of your own representatives, it wouldn't hurt to call other representatives uh, that represent the Houston area, basically the Houston delegation. All of that effort is welcome, but first call your own state senator and your own representative. And the bills are 1365, Senate Bill 1365, House Bill 3731. Folks, we, we must get engaged. 20% of our budget, this is just another way for the state government to control the will of the people in Houston. Anything you want to end with, um, Sarah? Just when we take away local representation or any representation and it's replaced by appointed people, we lose our voice. And HISD has a tremendous impact on our on our neighborhoods and schools today, but also the students of the future and the direction of the city in the future. Um, and you know, our board right now, our board of trustees is nine women, eight of them are black, brown or Asian. They do reflect the city's diversity and progressiveness and values. I do not think an appointed board of managers would look like that at all. So we need to stand up for local representation, stand up for democracy. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right, Sarah. All right. Thank you, Egberto. All right, folks. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed that. Yes, Paul Fleming. Thank you. The, the, the movie that I need to watch, with, which was with the Black Panthers, I think that one was in Chicago, is Judas and the Black Messiah. But yeah, I mean, a lot of times what you find is uh, where we're in, in the part where Israel is not taking care of the Palestinians, Hamas and other one of those organizations that we deem as terrorists, others call them freedom fighters. Again, I'm not going to get into the politics of it. The duck that quacks, thank you so kindly for that super chat. EW, my May, June 2021 PDR helper, keep up the fight. For me, solar PV and not having an electric bill helps me support PDR. Drive electric. <laughs> Hey, folks, the duck that quacks just made his uh, contribution to Politics Done Right. Thank you so kindly for your uh, most kind contribution, sir. The duck that quacks, thank you very much for helping out. Anyway, folks, uh, as, as you can see, we, we have a state government. You know, state government always likes to talk about uh, controlling, uh, local control. You know, the Republicans always talk about, we want local control. We want local control. But if it's a blue area and they start to institute local control, guess what happens? They try to harness that in. So now we have the state. We have uh, 280-something schools in our school district. One of them is failing. They changed the law to say that if at least one school is failing, even if that school is on the ascent, it gives the state the opportunity to come in and take over the district. And now we have that, that our state is attempting to do that with the Houston uh, Independent School District. So, folks, if you are out there, call your senator, your state senator, call your state congressperson, your state representative, and let them know that we will remember that clearly in 2022. All right, folks, uh, you know, messaging, as we have always spoken about, is very, very important. And one of the good things that we've had now with the Biden administration 
is somebody who knows messaging well. Someone who has been doing messaging uh, almost perfectly. Jen Saki. So I have two pieces I have from her that I want you guys to listen to, and then we'll take it on the other side. Let's go ahead and do the first one. The first one, Jen Saki really took care of a reporter. Check this out. Jen Saki struck again. When will these right-wing nuts understand that if you want to be, if you want to make a difference, you somehow have to be truthful and have a truthful narrative. Anyhow, this right-wing uh, reporter, her name is Emerald Robinson from Newsmax, went into the White House briefing and she tried to do something quite silly. I want you to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. Thank you. Go ahead. Thanks, Jen. I have questions on a couple different topics. First, um, given the number of former Obama administration officials that are now in this Biden administration and uh, the president's relatively light schedule, there's a growing perception that this is really just the third term of President Obama. What do you say to people who say that? Who were saying that? Who's saying that? You hear that a lot in the media. <clears throat> in the media? Different people. Like, well, there was lots of questions uh, about when you had Japanese Prime Minister Suga here on the one and only so far in-person bilateral head of state meeting. It was Vice President Kamala Harris who greeted the Prime Minister. Many people found that odd. She's already taking independent one-on-one -on -one calls with key allies like Prime Minister Morrison and Justin Trudeau. So I just want to get your reaction to people who question that? Well, it's hard to react when I don't know what people you're talking about. I will say that the president met with the prime minister, as you know, and had a full meeting, a full press conference afterwards, and they even shared a meal. So, uh, and the president has had dozens of conversations and calls with world leaders, and should be no surprise that the vice president is also playing an important role, engaging with and having discussions with foreign leaders. It, it's more so than other vice presidents have. How so? I'd love to see the data. If you want to give me present that to us, you with that sometimes, and would sure. love to get your reaction. Would welcome it. Now, now here's the deal. If you are going to try to um, say some people are saying these things about President uh, Biden, aren't you going to try to have something to say, some corroboration about uh, it was? This person from, even if you want to use Fox News, this person from Fox News suggested that Biden did not, uh, was not doing a, a heavy load. How do you come across and make a statement that says, um, you know, uh, uh, given the number of former Obama administration officials there are now in the Biden administration, is this really the third, uh, pres the, the third Obama administration? Did Obama ever do a $2 trillion budget irrespective of getting no Republican votes? Did he, did he come out and just say, I am going to spend $4 trillion on the families plan and the jobs plan? Bold? I mean, this is not the third Obama administration. This is an administration that has learned the mistakes of the Obama administration in dealing with a recalcitrant with a, a destructive, with a obstructive Republican Party. No. Uh, Mr. Biden served under Obama.
lot serving under Obama. And as far as being uh, an active president, the guy's a very active president. He's just not Donald Trump. He's, not ju he's just not going to come in front of a camera all of the times. And yes, he's older. He doesn't need to do all of that. He just needs to get policies out, policies done. And so far, Brother Biden is doing a damn good job, in my opinion. Actually, I, I do think Brother Biden is doing a good opinion. And there is our, our, there is our first person that uh, did it did our contribution through the live show through the hey where did it go where did it go where did it go where did you go something happened to my to to, to that thing oh i know it, i it only appears on one page it's not on the scroll but i still got it there anyhow folks look um let me tell you um jen sakis is great she knows what she's doing she knows exactly how things work Anyhow, this is about the time where I say, folks, if you are on YouTube right now, please support the program. How can you support the program? Click that join button. Click that join button and become a part of the PDR Posse. Become a part of the PDR Posse led by Bridge MCP. And you know, Bridge MCP designed a beautiful cup for the uh PDR Posse as well. So whether you join the PDR Posse or not, you can also help us out by getting that cup. Many people have already done so. Check out some of those online right now uh, who've uh, decided to use the cup, take some pictures and send it off to us so we can say, hey, look at that beautiful cup designed by one of our members of the PDR Posse and so many of the other folks are Helping us out by getting those cuffs. Now, alternatively, if you don't see a join button and you can't join from that uh, button on YouTube, you can always go ahead and click the link. What link is that? Politicsandright.com slash YouTube. Politicsandright.com slash YouTube. That way you can become a very inexpensively a member of the PDR Posse. Alternatively, you can support us via Patreon. Patreon is another platform that we use. Uh, artists artists and journalists etc use this platform to uh, get support as well uh, please go to politicsandright.com slash patreon patreon is p-a-t-r-e-o-n you can also uh, provide us support via paypal either a single single contribution or monthly contribution politicsandright.com slash paypal politicsandright.com slash paypal if you want to get rid of the middle person you can always purchase all these things that you see both our t-shirts our hoodies or masks our cups and some other stuff right there at our store politicsandright.com slash store where you can also get our books every book that you purchase at our store comes with my signature where i sign the book as well as a Bumper sticker that says politics done right. You know, it was interesting because somebody was in Pennsylvania the other day and they uh, told me, hey, Egberto, guess what I saw? I'm like, what did you see? He said, I saw somebody driving around with a sticker that said politics done right. And I said, you sure it was a blue one with the black microphone? Said, yeah, it was your thing. Politics done right in Pennsylvania. I'm like, yay, somebody in Pennsylvania listening to politics done right. So why don't you guys uh, go ahead? And by the way, you can make contributions online by going to our Facebook page or our store. And actually, if you want to do it sort of, a, if you if you want to like, I, I, I want a little something for a contribution, you can go ahead and uh, go to either our Facebook page or our store and get a bumper sticker as well. Now, the books that you're seeing on the screen right now, all the books that, you can, that you're seeing on the screen right now, you can pick them up at politicsdoneright.com slash books. 
politicsdoneright.com slash books. That is purchasing all those books at Amazon. But of course, you can also purchase them all from us directly at politicsdoneright.com slash store. Okay, let's get to the other Saki video. I, you guys know I am actually, I'm, I just love Saki's work because she is so good at what she does. Uh, it's, it's, it's sad that she says she told them she would serve for one year. We are going to need her for much more than a year. Check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. Sometimes the words that one uses, sometimes the tactics that one uses is so much more effective than actually calling it out directly actually calling out directly who the Republican Party is. I want you to see what Jen Psaki did because what she did was so much more effective in letting Americans see what the Republican Party has devolved to. Let's take a listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. Kelly, go ahead. Do you get a sense that um, as the president's been at his first meeting with Kevin McCarthy here in yeah. that, uh, that leadership meeting you talked about, Obviously, the House Republicans have some of their own internal matters going on. Mm -hmm. Does the president think any discord they are having has an influence or comes into the meetings that he will have with leadership? Does that affect how he views sitting down with them at all? No. The president knows that uh, there is some um, uh, introspection going on in the Republican Party right now and uh, a determination about who they're going to be, who they want to lead them, and what they want to represent moving forward. Uh, he's not going to focus on that. Uh, he also believes that the American people uh, did not elect him to uh, accept improbability or impossibility of working in a bipartisan manner. So the role he can play as President of the United States is to uh, continue to seek ways to work together. And the fact is we are continuing to work, even with the um, family excitement that's happening on the other side of the aisle. Um, we are continuing to work with Republicans on a range of issues. National security. We we passed our we uh, we confirmed our uh, our uh, cabinet uh, in a, a faster pace since then since Reagan. Uh, we're working to increase our competition. Uh, there are a lot of ways we're working with Republicans, even as uh, they're determining who they are moving forward. The concept of the Republican Party trying to find who they are. The concept of what is the Republican Party all about. She made it seem like these guys are in complete disarray. But we will still continue to attempt to work with them. We the adults in the room. We the mature folk in the room. We will make sure that the bidding by the American people is done just fine. We'll try to talk to them some. But we, you know those people, they're still trying to find out who they are. Those are subtle messages that gets into the psyche of people. The good thing about it being done by this side is that it is actually the truth. A party in disarray, a party who does not know who they are, a party who's doing nothing good for the American people.
Absolutely so. Absolutely so. Anyhow, I, I, I hope you get that. Um, Jessica, I hear you. Simone Sanders, was tack uh, who tackled a protester for Biden, was overlooked for the press secretary position. I love Simone Sanders. Remember, Simone Sanders was actually working for Bernie Sanders for quite a while. And uh, what, I, what I think is that, uh, uh, what, what I really think is, Saki was there with Obama before. So Saki has a, a bit more experience in handling the White House, uh, the White House um, crew. And I think she has proven that. Um, my hunch is that if they had started out with Simone Sanders, many of many would have made Sanders the issue many times. Uh, so I, I, I think, and it's not only Sanders, it's also the young lady that uh, she's original, her parents original from Haiti. I don't remember her name right now. She, she just wrote a book. She's also uh, 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 right under Saki. So I think Simone Sanders is now working for the vice president, as I recall. Or, yeah, I think she's the head for the vice president. I'm not sure if that's what it is or not. But Simone Sanders is very good. She's very quick on her feet as well. And she comes out swinging to protect those who she is working for. You're absolutely right. I think uh, Saki, though, was probably the best choice at that particular time for uh, her experience that she had with Obama and the policy positions of, um, of Obama. Now, Sanders, I think, is excellent and probably uh, will deserve a shot at it when Saki goes, if she goes after a year. But what I hope is that everybody, who, whoever they are right now, watches the contortions that Saki goes through to ensure that she is never the issue. If you remember under, under uh, Trump, each one of his spokespersons at some time became the issue. The way Saki operates, it's always hard to make her the issue because even when she's slicing you to smithereens, she has that rapport in doing it, that you only real it, it is like getting stung by, a, I mean, getting bitten by a mosquito, and not realize, realizing that you've been bitten till after the mosquito is long gone, you know? And that is how she operates. And, and uh, I think all of the, going forward, a lot of the people out there, a lot of the press secretaries going forward would have learned a lot from her because I have yet, and I'm, I've seen all the men and all the women since Reagan. I came here uh, right as Carter was getting out of office when I came to the States. And uh, I can't be more impressed with a press secretary than I am with Saki. And, um, and that's saying a lot because, like I said, I've seen them all. And I think she's that good. I honestly think she's that good. Mitch McConnell vows to block Biden's entire agenda just to be a... Yes, I understand. He won't be able to do it, though. Jessica Taylor agreed. Her communication skill is evident. Uh, Bridge MC, all right, let's see. Courtney's LCP, welcome aboard, my friend. Uh, Bridge MCP, happy Tuesday sweets. Ha, huh, I like that. Me gusta eso. Jen Saki is great. E2247 says. Uh, let's see, where are Biden's, Biden, Pelosi, Schumer, Trump, Verate, 
uh, going to bring mansion and cinema to the woodshed for a come to Jesus moment. Fall 2022 elections are just around the corner and campaigns have already begun. I don't know any of this for a fact. But I think mansion and cinema are already on board. I think they're already on board. If you saw that interview as Manchin was trying to run away from the press as he walked into his car, he has been nothing but praising with uh, Biden. Biden has been saying, I am going to get this done. When they ask him about Manchin, they, he says, uh, we, we are all talking together respectfully. Manchin does not say anything negative about Biden. Notice that. He doesn't say Biden is going overboard. He doesn't say any of that. I think what Biden is doing, uh, not only Biden, I think what everybody is doing for Manchin is giving Manchin cover. And I, I need to say this. First of all, if I were Manchin, right, I, wouldn't, I, I would do what's right for society. I would do what's right for the country. A lot of these politicians don't think that way. They are thinking, can I still win if I do this? I think what Biden is doing is making it, making it that Manchin can say, hey, West Virginia, I know this is Trump country, but I did this. I went against the Republican Party, not against Trump. I went against the Republican Party for you to make sure that you have all these things. I think, I think Biden is preparing the field so that he has the ability to do that. And I'm, I, again, that's what it looks like to me. Okay, I'm so over those two, especially cinema. Cinema, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't understand cinema, I must admit, and that's why I don't say much about her. Because cinema doesn't, she doesn't fit the bill. Uh, cinema is supposed, you would think cinema is a very progressive person. I think she's a bisexual woman that the Republican Party wants nothing to do with, technically speaking. And she's from a state that is not only trending blue, but has turned blue, two blue senators. I elected Donald, I mean, elected um, uh, Biden as well. So I'm not sure. Jessica says she's a fraud. Or she's playing a game. I don't know, Jessica. I, I'll, I'll leave that up to you. I honestly have not been able to read where she's coming from. Even at Daily Coast, uh, uh, Marcus Molitzas kind of threw his hand up in the air. It's like, has she really, does she really realize that even the polls are not following her in her state? So there must be something there that I, that I don't understand. And I think she's an intelligent woman, so I don't quite understand. Michael Rudin says, cinema ran as a progressive agenda, then turned. Fraud? Yes. All right. Let's see what else is here. Okay. Let me, I, I want to get this one played. This one is about six minutes long. But it's, it's not yet processed. I want, to, I want to give a little context to it. Look, I am not anti or pro-Israel. I am not anti or pro-Palestinian. I believe uh, both people have the right to exist. I believe no particular person should be thrown off the land after a certain period of time. Uh, and, and I think most of us believe these types of issues because otherwise we would support natives coming and taking New York, Massachusetts, and other places. So I want to be frank here, and I want to make sure to take the position that my Jewish brothers and sisters don't think I'm going anti-Jew. 
and that my Palestinian brothers and sisters don't think I'm copping out because I'm not protecting them. I want it all. And the only way we can solve this problem is for us to have it all. And the truth of the matter is the business people in Israel and the business people in Palestine, meaning the occupied areas, but the business people in those occupied areas, guess what? They get along. They do business together. They have business enterprises together. But as usual, it's a power play that always has the average person fighting. But one of the reasons I love how diverse places like MSNBC has become, and, and, and CNN is trying to approach that area as well, is that you get different viewpoints and you get pushback where it would not have otherwise occurred. Watch how Ayman Mohyeldin takes care of the Israeli ambassador and it shows how important it is to have people who understand the area to talk about it. Check this out. So you also mentioned, as we just said, the Israeli foreign ministry uh, framed this as a uh, land dispute. And it's obviously working, as you mentioned, it's working through ju ju the judiciary. Excuse me. And we have the tweet there. From I mean, the I think, uh, to be fair, you had one side of the land dispute uh, and you interviewed them. You should get the other side as well, to be fair to the viewers. Oh, I think. We're happy Correct. to. We're happy to. We certainly will. We're, we've been covering the story and we certainly will have them as well. But th the point that I was trying to get to is you, the government, in this case, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, tweeted out that this is... So we're is, not part of the trial. Uh, hold we're on not one part second. of the trial. We see it as a... As, yep. a, as a dispute between two two private individuals and, and what, whatever the courts decide, I think a that's fair. Absolutely, yeah, and that's why we were showing the tweet. We agree with you, that's what you are saying. So, but let me just say this really quickly, and I want to go back uh, to 2009 and play for you what was said by one of the settlers, one of the uh, Jewish claimants to that uh, in 2009 when they began to take over homes in Sheikh Jarrah. Listen to this. We take house after house because we prove in the... Uh, court that uh, this area uh, belonged to the Jewish and because that uh, all this area uh, will be a Jewish neighborhood. Our uh, dream that uh, all East Jerusalem uh, will be like uh, West Jerusalem, Jewish capital of Israel. So that man is now a member of the uh, Jerusalem City Council, and, and you're saying this is a land dispute. That sounds like a stated strategy to remove Palestinians from East Jerusalem to make it, as he said in his own words, a Jewish city. Well, he was speaking for himself. He well, he's the spokesman for a settler organization. He's speaking for a settler organization. I understand he was speaking for himself and as his organization. Yep. And the person who you had on before was speaking for himself and his organization. He basically said Israel had no right to exist. He said my country was built on stealing other people's land. So you have different opinions on both sides. You have very strong opinions on both sides. I think you've got two people here who probably represent the more nationalist elements on their sides, and uh, everyone's entitled to their opinion. But in this dispute, ultimately, I think it's only fair that the courts will decide. Okay, so if, if, you know, if you're saying he's a private citizen, let me play for you with the deputy mayor uh, of Jerusalem, a government official. Well, just, can, just, just I'm happy to do hold that. Hold on, just one second. Just a second. One second. One second. I want to read you. I just want to read for you what he just said. This is the deputy mayor of Jerusalem, Araya King. He said to the New York Times on Friday that what's happening right now in the city was, of course, part of a wider strategy of placing layers of Jews throughout the eastern half of the city, the goal being to secure the future of Jerusalem as a Jewish capital for the Jewish people. How should Arabs who are living in Jerusalem 
interpret statements like this by the deputy mayor of this city? So at the same time, the mayor of Jerusalem is saying that he wants to improve services for the I'm Arab asking you about that specific comment. I'm asking you about that specific comment. How should they I mean, interpret? You didn't interrupt the, the guy speaking before me. You didn't interrupt once, not once. And you're not letting me finish a sentence, sir. I don't want to complain, but please. Yeah, the but I, I, I was just asking said, you specifically about that. I'm answering your question. Go ahead. The mayor of Jerusalem has said specifically over and over again, that he wants to invest more in the Arab sector. He wants to see the Arab sector in Jerusalem thrive. We're investing more and more money. And as you know, since Israel reunified the city in 1967, the Arab population here has grown. It's more prosperous. The whole city is more prosperous and more affluent. United Jerusalem is a city that is a success story and will continue to be so. Okay, well, according to uh, Israeli reports, only 7% of the building permits issued in Jerusalem over the past few years have gone to Palestinians. They make up 40% uh, of the city's population. Let me also, with the same official that we were just talking about, Arai King, the deputy minister, he was there in Sheikh Jarrah the other day, uh, and he said, and there was video of it, he said to one of the Palestinian activists that was there on the ground, Mohammed Abu Hamas, who had previously been shot, uh, saying it's a pity he wasn't shot in the head. What do you make of an official in that position speaking to members of his constituency? Well, to be fair, there were people demonstrating in Sheikh Jarrah with Hamas flags. And, you know, Hamas calls for the murder of all Israelis. So, I mean, how am I supposed to see that? I mean, if you can find extremists and you want to say that represents Israel, you can do that if you want to paint that picture. He's the deputy mayor of Jerusalem. I'm not, I'm not selecting a fringe element. He's the deputy well, no, mayor of Jerusalem. I was, talking, I was talking about the deputy mayor. I was talking about the thing. Israel. I'm, I'm saying the, to you, the deputy the mayor told one of his constituents he should be shot in the head. I'm asking you. I'm not I, talking I, I about an extremist nationalist. I don't, I don't know the quote you're talking about. Oh, I do know this. The policy of the government and the policy of the municipality of Jerusalem is to be encompassing. And we want to see a diverse Jerusalem, a Jerusalem where all its inhabitants, Jews and Arabs, everyone can feel at home. That's the policy of the government. We want to see all of Israel, all of Jerusalem developing in a positive way, increased prosperity, better education, better infrastructure for all of the inhabitants of the city because we know a united Jerusalem, a stronger Jerusalem is good for everyone. As you very well know, the international community does not recognize uh, your sovereignty over East Jerusalem. A spokesperson for the United Nations High Commissioner uh, said that any actions in Jerusalem that are enforced that would ultimately evict Palestinian families under international humanitarian law may amount to a war crime. What do you say to the international community who does not recognize Israel's sovereignty over East Jerusalem and says what you're doing to families like Mohammed al-Kurds and others is possibly a war crime? We think that is the politicization of international law. Okay, uh, the reason that I wanted to show this piece, and, and you know, this piece was on as I was preparing the show, and about, I didn't start uh, grinding it and cutting it until 10 minutes before the show. And the reason I did that is, when I saw that interchange, there are not many interchanges that you see on cable news or news that really, really challenges, let's say, Israeli ambassadors, etc. And Ayman Mohyeldin, he did it respectfully, but he didn't let this guy come on air and blow smoke up, you know what? Look, there are faults to be going around all around. But the truth of the matter is, uh, I want all of you to ask yourself a question. If you are living on a piece of land for the last 50 years, and somebody comes and say, and, and by the way, you have the deed to that land based on 
all the political stuff that has happened over the last several decades, and somebody kicks you off the land, how would you feel? If you lived in a society that says this is a state of a particular religion, and other people live in that state, what does it tell you? Does it tell you that if you are not of that religion, you are a second-class citizen, or that it is impossible for that to be a democracy since you are not going to have the same kind of rights in that country? There are a lot of complex questions one has to ask about the Israeli-Palestinian issue. One of the reasons why you have to have, in my opinion, a two-state solution. If you want a pure, pure uh, state where you says only one religion has respect, only it's a Jewish state, uh, I think you may have to consider by crook having to have the other place. And, and, and it's going to be a complicated state because for those people of other religions who live within the state, they would need options to be able to be of a state where they are considered equal human beings, don't you think? These are complicated questions that I, I ask all the times. What are the answers? Tell me. What are the answers? I don't have them. I sure don't have them. But folks, we are getting close to the end of the show. Let me see if there are any more things. What do you call racial religious gentrification? Mm, tell me. E247, if Dems hold the House, Joe Biden can help that happen. I think he can. Yes, I'm pretty sure he can. Breeze says, I'm going to say something controversial, and I see it. I won't read it, but I hear what you're talking about. You know, I used to ask, well, actually, I'll say it. I used to tell my, when I was growing up in the church, right? And I, you know, I was, you know, man, I played the piano in the church, choir director. By the way, I can't read piano, but I played it with six fingers. Um, I always used to ask my mother, when we read the Bible, right, when they spoke about the chosen ones, you know, I'm like, so why are, why are all the rest the chosen? Why aren't the Gentiles the chosen? Why, or why do we have to talk about the chosen? I never quite get it, and I must admit, I still don't get it. I think that is sort of the genesis of discrimination, right? But what do I know? I don't do religion on air. Anyhow, um, look, folks, I thank you so kindly for having been here with Politics Done Right. I know you could be anywhere else. Please remember to support us by clicking that Join button. Please, if you don't see a Join button or you are on some other network, please go to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. Alternative, you can support us through Patreon, politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. As well, you can support us on PayPal by going to politicsandright.com slash PayPal. I could not possibly do this without you. Uh, doing this makes me want to just work and do this all the time. Because I think there's so much. There's so much that if we just had the ability to know or if we just had the reason to know, or if we just allowed folks, just allowed folks to know how much in this world could really change. How much would we really know that, you know, we're all the same, man. We really are. Um, 
I'm one of those kind of guys that I hang in every environment. I hang with everybody. And because I have the opportunity to hang with everybody, I mean ethnicities, races, uh, religions, you know, come on, I am, I am one of the hosts at KPFT. We have all kind of folk in there. And the thing about it is you have to get this. Once you put in the frame, you are in the frame of mind to realize that we are really in this together. You can't go around hating folk and all. And, and what, what you do is you mitigate those who hate and you hang with folks who want to move us forward. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. <laughs>